You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. So we are looking today at the body of Christ. You can take the abomination down for now. We'll put it up in a minute. <laughs> Um, and this passage that Paul writes to the church in Corinth um, about the body of Christ. Our bodies can do loads of really amazing things. They can do stretches, they can do lunges, they can do push-ups. I'm not going to try that with a microphone. Um, but they can, do, they can make noise, they can throw chocolate, they can do all sorts of awesome things. And we see professional sports people at the Olympics and the World Championships really pushing the boundaries of what our bodies can achieve. But they can also do so many other things that we do on a daily basis. Dancing, drawing, writing, cleaning, digesting, pooping. Paul is talking in this passage about the physical body, but he's using it as a metaphor for the church saying that the Christian community is just like a body because it has many parts which work together for a shared goal of living out the love of God. We're going to look at what that means and uh, once I've finished we're going to be looking at what that means for us as Oasis Church Bath. But I want to start with a bit of a magic trick. So I'm going to need everyone to participate in this. What I need you to do is to think really hard about what you had for breakfast. Really think. Might take you a minute to remember. Hold that picture in your mind and really focus on it, okay? If you remembered what you had for breakfast. Okay, now I want you to raise one arm. Either arm, you you can pick one. Great, okay. Love that. And then, wave. Hey, (laughs) ta-da! As if by magic, we have converted the energy of what you had for breakfast into movement. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud. Look at that. It's magical. You can see, here's the banana muffins that I had for breakfast. Here's the lasagna that I had for dinner last night. Our bodies can do this amazing thing, turning food into movement. Now, this movement seems really simple, right? We do it all the time, and we started doing it when we were very young. But think for a moment. Your hand is the obvious star of the show here. That's the one moving around. That's what we're focusing on. But what if you didn't have a wrist? It's not quite the same, is it? What if your elbow decided it didn't want to join in? This this is me waving at you without an elbow. It doesn't look quite the same. And you might think that only your arm is doing any work here. But what about your shoulder and your neck? All those muscles and tendons and ligaments are also taking part. What about the muscles in your middle, actually? They look like they're a long way away, but you need those to make sure you can stay still while you're moving up here. Otherwise, you do a sort of garage balloon man impression. You're looking at the hand in that very simple thing, a wave, but every other part of the body is taking part to make that happen. Did you know there are about 600 muscles in an average human body? There's approximately 206 bones and 78 organs. And almost nothing that we do involves only one or two of those muscles, bones or organs. For example, it takes 99 muscles to run for the bus. It takes 155 to cycle to work. And to send a text, 
you need 38 muscles. This is why Paul makes the body a good metaphor for the church community, which is also a complicated thing with a lot of different parts working together for a single goal. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. That's what Paul writes, talking about the church. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. The church that Paul is writing to in Corinth is one split into factions by disagreements about whose teaching they follow and how they should worship. So Paul reminds them that they are united as a church, despite all of these divisions, whether they are Jew or Gentile, slave or free. Today, he might have said whether cishet or queer, whether working or unemployed, abled or disabled, um, whether they're online or here in the building, we are all one church and one body. And Paul doesn't just say that the church is like a body. He says that it is the body of Christ. That might seem a bit difficult to understand. After all, we look around and there are a lot of bodies in here, Paul, not just one. What are you talking about? Um, <clears throat> But Paul says that we all share the same spirit. The Holy Spirit joins us when we get baptised, and the Holy Spirit is always here when we gather as a community. Your body individually is alive because you have a spirit, and because everybody in the church has that same spirit through baptism, you can also call the church a body in the same way. And like a body, there are a lot of different parts that all do different things. Some people are good speakers, some are good listeners, some of us are organized, some of us are creative, some of us have a spare energy, some have spare money, some have spare time, some of us are good with numbers, some of us speak multiple languages, some of us are strong, some of us are patient, some of us are morning people, some of us are night owls, I could go on. It looks like the thing that we do together is very simple getting together on a Sunday morning during the week. Seems very simple, but it's not. Some parts are more visible than others, like the hand in the wave. And that might be people like me and like Joe who come up here on stage, who, who are more visible. But I'm gonna look like a real idiot this morning if the tech guys decide to leave me. <clears throat> and what about the people who aren't as visible at all? The people I probably haven't even met yet after only being here a couple of Sundays. They might be like my neck, my shoulder, my middle, putting everything together and holding it there. And we need everybody. Paul says, if the foot says I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? I was really reflecting on um, what Paul was communicating here, and that's why I put together some images of what this might look like. Tech team, if you could put that up for me. I feel sorry for these guys having made them, to be honest. Like that guy on the left, he, his whole body is an ear, he definitely can't smell anything. 
I think the eyes and nose are sort of regretting their decision to go for it alone. They can now see things coming and smell the world, but they can't do anything about it. No hands, no legs, can't go anywhere. And see, the mouth, the stomach and the butt have all decided, look, we're a great team. We eat, process and digest and get rid of food every day. You know what? Let's get rid of everyone else who's a distraction from that task and, and go it alone. But they've probably realized that um, there's nothing for that food energy to do now. They can do that one job really well, but what's the point? And they don't look particularly pretty either. Um, we can get rid of that abomination now <laughs> if you want. Great. When we start to think that the particular job that we do is the most important one and that we work best alone, we end up actually making ourselves useless. If we go off and do our own thing, it might well be too late before we realise what we've lost. And the same is true the other way round. If you know you have a gift and you don't use it, then everybody loses out. That might be because you don't feel confident in that gift. It might be that you think somebody else is going to do it better. But everything that we can do is an amazing thing. You don't have to be that hand up the front. You don't even have to be the elbow holding it up. You can be anywhere else in the body and still be a part of that same purpose and action. If you're really good at making tea or using a ladder or listening or painting or pulling up weeds or making memes or whatever tiny skill you think isn't worth talking about, I can promise you that that is a skill that can make somebody's life better if you feel ready to share it. In fact, Paul tells us that we shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be the hand to which we give the most respect at all, even if it's the most visible and obvious some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary, he says. And the parts we regard as less honourable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honourable parts do not require this special care. In other words, the hand has already got its moment in the spotlight. Let's celebrate the elbow. In fact, genuinely, let's take a moment to celebrate the humble elbow, essential in our daily life, and mostly forgotten until you bash it into a doorframe or try and lick it. Genuinely, like, applause to the elbow. And see, you need your elbow to applaud it. It's so important. I don't know how much time you spend in your day taking care of your feet. If you don't, I do recommend it, but I certainly didn't for a very long time. But if you don't have your feet, it takes all sorts of complicated and expensive medical equipment and technology to replace them. I used to work uh, quite recently in a kitchen at a care home, and my number one piece of advice for new starters was to get themselves a good pair of trainers. It's actually what I got these ones for. You might not spend a lot of time in your day normally thinking about your feet, but if you spend a couple of working days in shoes that don't fit, you are going to be so sore. You are not going to be able to stop thinking about your feet. And that is going to make it hard for every other part of your body to do their job. That's what Paul means about clothing and carefully protecting the parts of our body that we don't consider honourable or particularly special. Because they are just as important as others. And sometimes 
much more so. And the same goes for people in our community who do the unspecial tasks, who set up and clean up, who stock the cupboards, who listen to our stories, who straighten the chairs when we're not watching, who care for this community in a hundred different and underappreciated ways. Like it or not, we are all one body. We live and breathe together and live out the love of God together. No one of us can do without anyone else. And the community as a whole is richest and healthiest when we are all celebrating and practicing our God-given gifts. Paul especially tells us to pay attention to people who have those least special-looking skills because they deserve particular recognition and respect. So bodies are complicated and awesome. Our physical bodies can do great things when their many parts work together. And as each of us is a part of the body of Christ in this community, we live and love and thrive together. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.